Miamians and listeners from around the world, welcome to another episode of Miami Global Net. I took a break for the long weekend of President's Day, but now we're back. Today's guest, we have Sevano Mignon, owner of Green Street Cafe Lounge and Restaurant in Coconut Grove. I do not know a local that does not know what Green Street is. Now, Green Street has been around for more than 30 years and is not considered a landmark in Miami. So join us and discover what Green Street has to offer you and how it all started. Please support this podcast by subscribing and signing up to a newsletter. Information in the show notes. Welcome to Miami Global Net Podcast, where we showcase the people and organizations that support Miami's international landscape. Learn from local business owners, startups, diplomats, and community leaders. Get to know the tools and services that are out there that help you invest and grow in South Florida. Miami is a true global city where one can live and do business with a global reach. Sivana, welcome on the show. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Alejandro. I'm uh, very happy to be here. How is everything with you? Things are good. Things are, you know, very hectic. We are, we are in the restaurant industry and we, uh, we have to adapt. We went through a, through a lockdown. We shut down for 60 days. We had to let uh, 100% of our team go, 170 people. Some of them with for about 30 years. So this was very harsh. But since we have reopened and uh, we are back in business, we are fortunate to be an outdoor restaurant where there's less restrictions than for the indoors. But we are back to 75% and I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to tell you about our business and our story. And I am ready for your questions. Beautiful. Thank you. So before we jump into the restaurant, why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're from and how did you, how did you end up here in South Florida? All right. So I was raised in, uh, I was raised in Paris. I'm, obviously, I'm French. And in 1984, I bought a ticket pass for 60 days, uh, a Greyhound ticket pass. And basically, I went through every state. I wanted to discover. I had a dream. The dream was to come to this country and to become an entrepreneur. So I went through every state by bus. I went from uh, Montreal, actually, to Miami on the East Coast. Went through every state, but I stopped by Coconut Grove during my trip and kind of liked the place, a different vibe. And I finished in California. And after 60 days, I said, you know what? Let me get back to Coconut Grove. And I decided to settle there to look for, like, to look for a job. And on Sunday, I bought the Miami Herald and I found a job in the Miami Herald in Coconut Grove, making sandwich in a cafe, takeout, deli. And that's how I ended up in Coconut Grove after that 60-day bus trip. Was there any state, since you visited all the states, was there any state that you were like, mm, the Grove 100% or were you like struggling with another place you like? To be honest with you, I fell in love with uh, South Florida. Actually, I fell in love with Kebiscane, mm -hmm. with Kebiscane and Coconut Grove. My first apartment was on Kebiscane on 301 Sunrise Drive. Uh, I used to pay $300 in rent and look for a job at minimum wage in Coconut Grove. And uh, in a place called True Market, True Market in 1984, and got along with the owner very well. He was a, a New York doctor who had this uh, restaurant as a hobby and gave me a chance. And after 90 days, offered me 50% of the business for free. And he actually just passed away two weeks ago. His name is Ken Knopf. After 36 years, we were still friends. And that's how I started in Coconut Grove. And that's how I started in the restaurant business because I had absolutely no experience. But in 1984, when you had a French accent, people thought that you were a chef. 
So this is how I got my first job. This is really the person who gave me a chance to, uh, to start from scratch. And 36 years later, I'm still on the same street in Coconut Grove. So now Green Street. All right. So Green Street, after six years, I, just, I thought that I, we could expand our concept, our neighborhood feel. And Green Street is really the best location in, Coconut, in, my, in the city of Miami as far as an outdoor restaurant as far as a lifestyle place where basically you can have your breakfast, your lunch, your dinner. It's an outdoor lounge outside. So I, when I saw an opportunity there, I grabbed it. We, we fixed the place with my wife. And why the name Green Street? It's a, it's a good story that we didn't know how to call the place. Mm. So we fixed the place and a few days before we had a few names, but we were not sure. And the contractor painted the whole building except the name of the previous store. And the name of that store for 35 years was Green Street. So this is how the name came up, is that the whole building was perfectly painted except one small round space where the the contractor said, let me keep the old name there. And that's how we decided to call the place Green Street. And this was in October, 1990. So today Mm -hmm. or yesterday was the 30 years anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. 30 years anniversary. Wow. That's yeah, yeah. a long time. I think I saw that on your Instagram. I think your yeah. Yeah, Inst- wife posted it. Yeah. 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 On Instagram or somewhere, you know, 4 million guests. What do I say 4 million guests? 12 million guests. Small difference there, you know. <laughs> 10,000 people worked with us through those 30 years. So a lot of uh, stories, a lot of good stories. Now, was the... Restaurant industry, always something that appealed to you, or was it by chance? Uh, it was an accident, to be honest with you. It was an ad in the paper, and I am usually passionate about what I do. And when I start something, I, I am all in. And, you know, I had this opportunity, and from there, we never stop. And the, the true story that from the first day in 1984, we still have the same people that keep coming on a daily basis. So we have built up a relationship with suppliers, with guests, with the neighborhood, with the community, and I had no reason to change. It now, it has been, after a while, you know, it's in your, uh, in your gene, it's become an addiction. Mm. You know, when you said that it was by chance and that you do everything you do 100%, I normally struggle explaining to people like what my passion is in business. I'm like, I really don't have something I like either. So it's like, you're the first person I hear say that. Everybody's like, yeah, I want to be an accountant. I want to do this. They have this like industry desire. And I'm like, no, I, whatever I do, I, I do fully. When I worked for the city international relations, I did that 100%. Before that, it was customer service, you know? So thank you. Wow. So the community that you mentioned that keeps coming back, is it the Grove is a very community-centric area? Well, as far as a business plan, we are open 20 hours a day. So depending on the time of the day, we try to cater to different parts of the community. For example, in the morning at 7 a.m., we have the business people. On their way to downtown, they stop by, they have a business meeting. And then at 8.30 in the morning, we have the mothers that drop the kids at school. And after dropping the kids at school, they, they have a cappuccino or breakfast. And then we have the yoga mom. At 10.30, they finish yoga and they come for another cappuccino. So through the course of the day, we try to cater to a different crowd that either live or work 
within one mile from us. We have uh, 11 schools within half a mile from Main Street. So we also try to cater to the younger crowd, you know, the Ransom, uh, Carrollton, St. Stephen's, Coconut Grove Elementary. So we, depending on the time of the day, we have families at night for dinner. We have a younger crowd after 10 p.m. at the lounge. We try to this together to this whole community and some of them used to come at seven and now they come at noon so depending on the generation they come at a different time and the funny thing is that sometimes for brunch we have four or five generations sitting at the same table eating at green street that's great i like the i like the approach that you have for for the area and it makes sense and there's a lot of schools there and that bring that that opens you up to many things yeah how's the menu like the menu is just like the, the business plan. You know, we, the menu evolves through the course of the day. And what you can eat for breakfast, you are not going to be able to, eat, to have it for dinner. That depending on the crowd and depending on, uh, you know, the people that work out wants a carrot juice or a green juice and uh, the people who come at night who want a steak or the people who come for Bloody Mary uh, at 10 p.m. and wants to, a dozen oysters. So the menu evolves. We have basically three menus, a breakfast, a lunch, and dinner, and a late lunch. So the, again, it's just like the whole concept is it's a journey. And from 7 a.m. to 2 in the morning, we evolve as far as the type of drinks, the type of food, uh, the music, to we adjust the lighting in the restaurant and the lighting outside the restaurant to make sure that we fit with the, time, the right time of the day. And talking about music, how is the vibe at night? And like, right. totally eating, like a pre-COVID night. Like I remember I used to have a mango mojito. <laughs> okay. Back in the day when I was like in college yeah. that you would put a little of sugarcane yeah. plant. I can't find the words. A little, like a little shoot. It was, a, remember. It was a sugar cane. It was uh, a little stick little yeah. shoot of actual yeah. sugar yeah. cane. Yeah. yeah. Okay, the music, actually, the music right now, the music is, is very limited. And the reason it's limited is that the bar business, unfortunately, is still shut down in the city of Miami. So we limit the, the style of music to people coming for dinner or lunch or breakfast. But the music is very down because of the restriction that we have. We hope those restrictions to be lifted soon. But right now, the, the music is uh, it's fairly limited as far as the vibe. But... Pre-COVID, we did the same thing then uh, with the music, then with the food and, and the lighting and the decor. That we start with classical music for breakfast when those business people don't want to have much music. And through the course of the day, we evolved to a faster pace mm. and a louder volume. And actually, past 10 p.m., we do go louder and a more hip type of music. So. You know, it's, it's a journey where we make sure that from the menu to even the uniform of the staff to the lighting and the music, everything evolves in the right direction and we cater to the crowd of, the, of that time. Okay. So let's say I want to, normally I depend on friends to give me advice on what to eat in a restaurant, right? So how can I order like a professional? How can I tell my friends, I know Grease Street because I know how to order here. What can you recommend? All right, I can tell you one thing. When I go out, I always, always ask the server, what's your favorite? Always. I never look at the menu. Give me your two favorites. This is when I go out, what I ask, because the people, they know the staff, they know the place, they know the freshness, they know the turnover, they know the recipe. They have tried every dish. 
So I always ask the staff, you know, hey, what's your favorite drink or wine or dish or dessert? That's how I go out. And what I would suggest at Green Street is the same. Ask the people who work there. We have people that have been working there as servers for 30 years. They went through everything. They probably can read you and they probably know what you're going to like. Wow. So now I'm curious. Is it important then for servers to try every dish? Is that a common practice? The restaurant do it that they give a discount to the staff, large discount, you know, 50% or 75% off, or even on their days off. So when they socialize, they come back to the restaurant and they can try the food and they also can experience the place. Not only the food, but the service, the vibe, everything else. So we, we get a lot of feedback from our staff when they come. And that gives them an opportunity to try the food. And this is something we, we care a lot about is that we want them to know the product. And it's not in a training book by knowing the ingredient of a dish that you know about a dish. You need to, to taste it. You need to feel it. So, yeah, it is a very important item with us to make sure that the staff knows the, the dish, the menu. Okay. I always thought like when when they recommend, it's like, did they sit in the back and eat every dish before they started? So, but what you say makes more sense. Yeah. You know, after a while, you, you, you also feed the guests, depending on the age, depending on the demographic, depending on many, depending on where they're from, or the previous experience. We have guests that haven't seen a menu for 10 years, and they keep coming back every day or every week. Once you like something, you know what you want. And we keep adjusting, we keep tweaking, and we have guests, we see them driving by, we know they're on the way to the restaurant. Well, guess what? Their coffee or their drink is going to be on the table when they arrive. So, you know, we know their birth date, we know where they live, we know the family members. So we, we want the people to feel at home. Awesome. So throughout the journey as a restaurateur, you know, what are some of the challenges that you've encountered and that you have over, overcome? Well, we, we encounter a few challenges and, and one of them as a restaurant open seven days a week for 20 hours a day and serving the community with a habit of people coming on a daily basis have been hurricanes. In that During the hurricanes, uh, hey, we have a mandatory shutdown. We lose power, sometimes from one day or one week or even two weeks. So hurry, through, the, through the years, we have a history of being open the next day, as soon as we are allowed to be open. So we have our own generators. We have a special rat with our suppliers to receive the food. And there's kind of a tradition where we have some customers that only come after a hurricane when we are the only place open. Very few restaurants have generators. So we print special menus. We Again, we adapt. We send sometimes drivers to pick up the staff to come, but through every hurricane, there's a crisis. And every time we lose power, so we get ready like 48 hours in advance. We actually advertise or make our people aware of it. And that's a challenge. It would never end. So that's a big challenge. Did you know there were hurricanes when you decided to come down to South Florida? No, 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 I didn't know about it. So it was a surprise. No, it was a, it was a full surprise, yes. Especially Andrew, you know, oh. we reopened and we, it's the same story. We reopened the next day, the next morning. And this, the, the incredible things with Andrew is that we were in business 24 hours before and we were at full capacity 24 hours before Andrew and, and 24 hours later. So those are great memories. 
Awesome. So now, how are you managing through the pandemic? The pandemic has been very challenging. First, you know, the, we are a cash business, so the cash flow has been very difficult at the beginning. Mm. The stimulus package was a huge help for our type of business. With 170 people, we have a huge payroll, and I am not sure without the stimulus package, we will still be here. So that was a big help. And we closed for four weeks. Then we started to do takeout and deliveries for another six weeks. And uh, has been a staging, you know, then we open only the outdoor, we follow the guidelines. So it's been a challenge for us, it's been a challenge for our staff, it's been a challenge for our suppliers because of, most of them lost their jobs. We had to, to adjust expenses. I still haven't got a paycheck since March 7, but we keep tweaking things until um, this thing is over. And uh, regardless of how long it takes, we, we negotiated with our landlords the best deal we could. We asked some delays with some of the suppliers and it wasn't expected that it would last that long. So we, we are there and we can, the story keeps going. So right now, people can go and eat outside and pick up? All right. Right now, for the last few days, most of the regulation is, has been lifted, except that we're under a curfew. So we still have the 11 p.m. curfew. This is city of Miami, so it's kind of complicated for most of the people. People still need to have a mask when they go to the walk to the table or walk to the bathrooms. Mm. The bars are closed. Our inside bar and outside bar are closed. You have a takeout. You can sit outside. And for the inside, we are at 50% capacity or the tables need to be six feet away. So we are trying to keep to be as safe as we can, to keep as much as distance as we can to avoid any, any type of contamination. I have one more question. The last one. What is your most favorite part out of Breezefield? The people. The people. First, uh, the team. Because after 30 years, uh, if you think about it, we still have people that have been with us working part of the team for 30 years. So we have aged together. Uh, they know my family. I know their family. And there's is, uh, there's a history. There's deep roots. We know each other. We sometimes don't even have to talk to each other to know what we want to tell the other person. So... There's a big, there's a core, there's a team. We have always promoted from within. So the general manager from today used to be a busser. We always promote from within. So it's a family. There's, Green Street is part of the DNA, just like it's part of mine. People that used to work for us because they used to go to college here in Miami, they come back after five years or 10 years to show their kids that they used to work there. So there's a lot of history, people, faces. We age, like you can see the picture on Instagram, I'm sure, from 30 years ago. But it's a passion. It's our life. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with us today. So thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Awesome. My pleasure.